operators. Parked up in the garage. Wow. This has been coming for a long time. These two do not like each other. There are two parts of the story as always. Red flag, this is a suspended uh, race. Hi there, this is the Parked Up Podcast. We're powered by Race Fuels. My name is Grant Rowley. And in this episode, I'm joined by the great man, Josh Bucken. He drives in the super cheap auto TCR Australia series in a Hyundai i30N. I think I've got all of those things right. Josh Bucken, how the hell are you? I'm fantastic, mate. All the buzzwords were nailed. You've got all the sponsors in, you got the car in. It's it's great. And you even plugged me. So even better. I'm doing very well, mate. How are you? <laughs> very good. No problem. And we're uh, we're getting pretty racy. We, we've just come off the back of some Winton supercars out at that uh, little rural venue. We don't get to go there in TCR Australia, but all the focus now, Winton is like, that's gone. We've completely forgotten about it and uh, we're, we're moving on because we've got some Speed Series action at Sydney Motorsport Park we do. Um, for round four of majority of the categories there. Seven categories as well. She's a pretty busy old schedule. Who have we got? We've got us, or TCR, you've got 5,000, you got the Trans Am. That's right. And then what have we got? After that, you've got some Porsches. We've got some Porsche Michelin Sprint Is that Challenge. Michelin? Yeah, sick. The Radicals and the prototypes and the production cars. Yeah, cool. That's there good. is not much time for scratching about and uh, heading off to the chew and spew to go and get your pie or sausage roll or hot chips. No. Yeah. Well, maybe they've got us on at night just because that was the only time that they could fit us. <laughs> hey, that's going to be awesome too. TCR racing under lights, effectively. It will be pitch black by the time we get around to... What time's your race start? About 6.45, 6.50 or something yeah, on Saturday it's night? Yeah, li- pretty late. Can't be any worse than Bathurst at like sunset when the core of the sun was beaming into my eyeballs and Michael Caruso's taillights became my start lights. So at least that's not an issue, which is good. But uh, yeah, night racing will be great. If no one has been there, probably be in for a bit of a shock because it's a bit of a sensory overload, to be honest. So home ground advantage. There we go. Now, are you organising us some good weather? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, there's enough of you Mexicans from Victorian coming up. Probably going to spoil it all, to be honest. I think that's what's happening. But I think Sunday looks okay. But, oh, man, Saturday, if it's raining in the night race, shut the gate. I mean, that's, that's going to be absolutely ballistic. So, so when you say shut the gate, do you mean shut the gate? You're going to take a, a big, glorious victory? I hope so. That'd be race two. One race two last year. Oh no, is it race one? Doesn't matter. One both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, uh, I hope so. I mean, who knows? This year's been crazy, hasn't it? I mean, every round you get to, you kind of think, oh yeah, they'll be in the 10, they'll be out of the 10. And all of a sudden the order's absolutely nowhere from where you thought it would be. So I'd like to think we're going to go well, but there's just, so, everyone's so elite at the moment. It's just Tune into the Speed Series. There we go. Speed Series. It's on Stan Sport. It is on Saturday and Sunday. There's even a little bit of free-to-air TV for any of our Australians who are tuning in. And if you're listening anywhere else in the world, then you can watch it all on motorsport.tv. So plenty of broadcasting action. You've uh, you had an excellent round the last time we went to Sydney Motorsport Park. You won two races, as you've already told all of our listeners, just, mm-hmm. just in case they had They all run. knew, but, you know. You, got to, you have to remind them. No no stress there. Um, well, it was my last official win, seeing as I gave Tassie away. So I'm still holding on to it, even though I'm claiming Tassie. 
Hey, you cross the line first. That's right. That's right. You currently sit sixth in the TCR Australia series. Uh, it's going okay. And I guess the thing that you can get reasonably excited about is that it is super, super, super tight at the top of the table there. Yeah. I mean, look, 10 points either way. And I think you move up three or four positions from where I am. So when, when I saw six, it was like, oh, that's cool, I guess. But then I'm like, oh, if I had like four points less, I'm ninth or something crazy. And if I had four points more, I'm in third. Our friends, former friends, Tony D'Alberto out in the lead by a country mile, just, mm. you know, solidified in fifth every race, just collecting points. <laughs> um, you know, if I could take fifth every race for the rest of the year, I'd probably take it. But it just goes to show how close it is. It's absolute, absolute insanity how close it is. But yeah. it's it's fun for those watching. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is super close, and I think this round is really going to be one of those crucial midpoint of the year. Mm. You know, you're either this is your yeah. round to to be a contender or to um, think start thinking about 2023. And yeah, then. I think so. I mean, it it is there is a bit of a break as well after this round, obviously. So mentally, you really want to have a good round because there's nothing worse than sitting on a shocking round for three months, just going, oh, so like, have I still got it? Like, what did I do? Whose cat did I walk over? All that sort of stuff. I know in the massive COVID break last year after the Sydney round, um, I felt great. I could call the series there for all I cared. It was good. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've had, some, had some bad rounds and yeah, you just want to get straight back on the horse. And you're right, it's kind of that midpoint, three rounds down so far, and, you know, the order's shuffling and changing. Um, I went from first to 11th to 6th. So I think after this round, like you say, it'll even out, and we'll, we'll know who's in that sort of race for the title, I believe. First to a, first 11th and 6th, it sounds like a Sunday at a club go-kart race. There you're starting, starting yeah. position. It's absolute computer grid, my championship so far. Absolute <laughs> computer grid. But we're still here. There we go. Um, okay, so you're still here. Plus, you've got a couple of. It's so tight in that title that we thought, look, it, we need to speak to a couple of these guys. We we need to we need to see what their secrets are. We need to maybe see if you can try and outfox them or something, or just get in their head nice and early. So, so we've picked a couple of your rivals that we'll have a chat to now. I'll let you introduce them and, and let me know why these guys that we're going to talk to in a moment are important. Well, they're important because they're bloody fast. I'll give you the hot tip. We've got, do we introduce them now or is it too soon? Are we good no, now? Go for it. We're good to go. Right this is so the, you we've are the co-host for this um, episode so of Parked Up. So uh, I'll take it away. We'll so it. we've got the great and powerful Jordan of Cox fame who came to stardom from having a few hundred million views on YouTube from passing some Commodore around the outside uh, at Skyline around Bathurst. Um, he fluked it and then did it in every race he's been at since Bathurst or at Bathurst since then um, against some very good opposition. So got him. He goes half all right. And then Aaron Cameron of moves on the brakes in front of me. So I hit him fame at Chase. Mm -hmm. Uh, <laughs> one of the great talents in all seriousness, both these boys, absolute uh, weapons, uh, very, very talented individuals and an absolute thorn in my side for the TCR Australia series, because 
doesn't matter what you do or how good you think you've gone, all of a sudden on the timesheets, they're either right there or they're in front of you. So some very special guests, Aaron Cameron and Jordan Cox. Here we go. Let's get straight into it right now. You're listening to Parked Up. And of course, we are powered by Race Fuel. And I've got three of the finest TCR Australia drivers on the line here. It's a, this is um, unprecedented for Parked Up having this amount of guests. It's unbelievable. Of course, we've got Josh Buckham. He's co-hosting. We've got Jordan Cox and we've also got Aaron Cameron. Hey, boys, uh, one at a time. Jordan, how the hell are you? Fantastic, mate. Fantastic. you got three blokes that have all run into each other on track before, so it's going to be exciting. Uh, very good uh, and and Aaron before they all sled you about all these running ins tell us about all these running ins apparently the three of you were involved in uh, different incidents over the last round that we had at Mount Panorama uh, I'll let you defend yourself first yeah look we've actually been racing very clean with each other over the last sort of year and a bit so we thought we'd spice it up a bit start hitting each other and go up to the stewards room a bit more <laughs> Josh, can you uh, weigh in on this? What's happened? What says? What has actually happened here, mate? I, I couldn't put that any better myself. That was eloquently put by my great friends Aaron there. Uh, no, look, we just thought everyone else is doing it, so why don't we do a bit of hip and shoulder um, and show the field how it's done? So no, nothing to it. Just a bit of bit of the old rubbins racing kind of thing. But we all made it. I don't think any of us DNF, so it can't be that bad. Um, uh, yeah, sorry, Jordan. Let's uh, let me bring the uh, the chat back to yourself. You and Aaron had a, uh, and we won't harp on any of the incidents too much. But let me just see if I can find one juicy tear up out of all of this. You and Aaron had a uh, had a little bit of a rub, and I think the quote that you'd said just before we went on air was, "He tried to fence me," and there might have been a uh, a swear word between uh, "tried to" and "fence." I should I, I shouldn't have said "tried." Should have said, I, hero- I heroically saved his best efforts to fence me. <laughs> well, Jordan, we've, we've, we've seen you fence yourself, mate. So all Aaron was doing was just lending a helping hand. And I mean, look, I, I didn't see anything in it, to be, to be totally honest. And, you know, on this great show, which is PG-13 for this episode, seeing as it starts three. Yeah, I just thought it was help, mate. That's all it was. Yeah, look, look, we've, you know, I've been in that camp before, trying to fence myself. So I, I do see Aaron's perspective there, trying, trying, trying to assist. So anyway. Now, as Josh and I had spoken at the top of the show, the TCR Australia series is super, super tight. Uh, Jordan, you're eighth in the title chase. You're uh, 62 points shy of leader Tony Dalberto, the uh, our former mate here on Parked Up. Um that that is not a lot. That is a you know a half a round, and you can have you can have that back. It is so congested there. Is this the round, Jordan? Maybe for yourself first that the championship is either on or it could be very much off. Uh, for me personally, I think you're right, Grant. Like probably yeah. If you have a bad round, it can really hurt your overall chance. You can still sort of finish top three, but where's the fun in that, you know? So uh, to, to win it, uh, myself just need good consistent finishes and try to get up the ladder. I mean, I just haven't enjoyed that this year. Like, been one of the fastest cars. Peugeot's been strong, but every round I've just had a race where 
things haven't gone my way. So um, the first round was sort of my own doing, but we sort of bounced back from that. But Philip Island had issues in caught up in other people's crap in race three and then had a mechanical well, halfway through race one at Bathurst. And that sort of just ruined that whole weekend, basically. So the way that they do the reverse top 10 and and the points and whatnot, if you if you have one DNF over a weekend, particularly race one, you're just ruined. So, yeah, hey, it's another weekend. I like SMP. Um, it wasn't kind to me last year. I had mechanicals there again. So, look, fingers crossed for a clean weekend. Aaron, mate, what what are your thoughts? I mean, you we know you're all gas, no brakes. Um, you're <laughs> one of the <laughs> you're one of the um, most talented guys in the field. What are your thoughts? You had a bad round last year. You were carrying a lot of weight, though. I think you're going to carry a similar amount this year. What are your thoughts on the Peugeot's chances going to Sydney this time? Obviously, you and Jordan sharing the same car, so you got a bit of knowledge ahead of him from last year. But how do you think it's going to pan out for you guys? Uh, I think it could be a long weekend going by last year when we had heaps of weight. I imagine it's just going to be a, a Hyundai show up the front going by your pace last year <laughs> and your your big moves around the outside at uh, turn one. Some of the great moves, yep. Yeah, some of the best moves I've ever seen, if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, nah, we'll, we'll obviously, yes, really get the best points we can with with the weight and we'll just see how it affects it this year. Last year was pretty bad, but obviously we were also putting, or Jason was putting on my tyres last year and sort of hurt uh, me a bit. So That's right. Um, if we put the right tyres in the right cars, I think we'll be, uh, we'll be pretty good. Well, as long as you don't take my tyres, mate, you can use whoever's tyres you want <laughs> up and down the lane. That's fine with me. Uh, Thanks, mate. Coxie, you haven't run the Peugeot at Sydney. Just based on the last couple of rounds and feeling the difference between the Alpha and the Peugeot, do you think it's going to suit the pug? Or, you know, what, what do you think it's going to be like in the pug around SMP relative to the Alpha? Uh, I've stumped him. really thought of that. Yeah, you stumped me, mate. Um, but both cars produce their lap speed very differently. So... Yeah, I mean, Eastern Creek's got a bit of everything, straight line, braking, and long flowing corners. So I think statistically, it's one it's the track with the least amount of full throttle, actually, that we go to. So It's probably um, why we go well. <laughs> you and your V8. Spot on. you got that much big corner speed, you need the biggest restrictor possible. <laughs> so, yeah, I think, um, yeah. Not sure. I, I, I'm expecting it to have its strong points like it has early in the year, but hey, we'll, we'll find out when we hit the ground running on Friday. Now, Josh, you've got uh, you've got form at Sydney Motorsport Park, but there's a, there's a little bit of catching up to do to a couple of other brands at the very top. You've got Tony Dalberto uh, in the Honda, and we've got Will Brown sitting second in the Audi. Do you ex- how do you expect those two guys to go? Because after those two, there's a uh, plethora of Peugeots. Um, are you sort of keen to see w- the speed that they're going to uh, be able to produce? Yeah, well, I think TD in the Honda, he'll probably be glued to his favourite fifth, fourth, that kind of thing. He loves it there. Um, <laughs> no, I, that, they should actually be pretty strong. I kind of predicted they would be last year. And um, Johnny Martin was, yeah, he was he was right up there in race one before tyres fell yeah. off the thing. So... Brownie, he's hasn't sort of blown everyone out of the water like he did the first year. He's just been chipping away at it. It, it. That's kind of the story of the first three rounds. It's just people who 
doing well, just chipping away at it. I had the worst round of my life at Phillip Island. And that's a big reason why, you know, I'm not kind of with Tony because the, the other two rounds have just been solid. They haven't been amazing. They've just been solid. So I don't really know who's going to be up there. The new tire as well, that's going to be a bit of a head scratcher. Is there going to be a heap of deg? Is, you know, is it going to rain? I, I like Sydney. It is my, my probably strongest track from a driving point of view. It's 20 minutes from my house. I get to sleep in my own bed. I get to watch my own TV. You know, all, all the things should be working in my favour, but um, I'll probably be 12th after practice and, you know, not knowing what's going to happen in the qualifying. I wasn't sure if you were going to add a third thing that you do in your own home quiet time into that little list. Uh, no, that's for the, the M and MA rated pod, which is following this uh, on the parked <laughs> up. Late, the late show with Grant Rowley. <laughs> uh, parked up, uncut. Yeah. Um, Aaron, so what's, uh, what's, what's your hopes and dreams from here? It's like you're one point behind Ben Bagwana in fourth. There's not much between you and the top. Is, is the only focus winning this championship? Is that all you go to, go to bed, your own bed, watching your own TV, doing whatever else you might do at home? Is that all you're thinking about? Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the point of this conversation, yeah, that's all I ever think about is just winning the TCR Australia <laughs> Championship. Um, it's my lifelong dream, and I don't know, we'll, we'll see how we go. I mean, first off, it's just as the boys said, finishing races. That's all Tony D does. Um, I still don't think he's won a race, but he just finishes every goddamn race. I know and how annoying. Gets a bucket of points. So yeah, we'll just finish races and get bulk points and beat Tony. Easy. Cool. The worst thing about Tony is he, we always, he always finishes with a train of 10 cars behind him trying to get around. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we've all been in that position. Oh, come on, Tony. <laughs> yeah, let so us buy. Credit, credit to him. <laughs> yeah. He gave my sponsors some fantastic airtime at Bathurst that were on my bonnet. I think he could make out like the 12-point font in my front bar. That's how close <laughs> I had to follow around the top. So um, we do rag on him, but he does a bloody good job. I mean, that's like he's the definition of, you know, just a cool old old head um, just gets the job done. And look, if you told me at the start of the year, you're going to run fifth in every race and that's your best result. I don't know about you boys, but I'd take that. That's a lot less stress for my year. That's for certain. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Okay. Um, All right. Let's let's switch the uh, tone from... uh, from sledging Tony, which we don't, which we don't mean to do, which we don't mean to do because we love the guy. Um, but uh, at the, just just before we went on air, Jordan Cox uh, said to me, um, "Oh, get a Roly Poly," <clears throat> which I thought is that's cool. Like my last name's Roly, so he's added a bit of Poly to the end, and um, I copped a fair bit of that uh, during my, my my younger years. And uh, I'll have to recall my therapist from my uh, early twenties to uh, get back over that. But I thought it was a little rich coming from a guy with the surname Cox. What uh, what sort of teasing did you uh, did you cop at uh, school with uh, with that surname? Oh mate, I don't think this podcast will be long enough for it. <laughs> you and I both, Ace. <laughs> but uh, look, look, basically, you could just insert any any word in into my middle name, and you've got a sledge. You know, Jordan loves Jordan takes Jordan whatever. You know, I've heard it all. <laughs> don't worry. Uh, it's so good. <laughs> well, I call you Coxhead, and that's just out of love. Yeah. Now, Coxhead was a new one. I'd, I'd never heard of that one before. That's so 
Coxie is sort of the nickname amongst the boys. And, um, yeah, Cox said, no, I haven't really. That's a first. So I'll take that as a compliment. Yeah, <laughs> you certainly could have got worse. Now, uh, Bucken, uh, that rhymes with one. Trucking. Certain... <laughs> there you go. Yeah, there you uh, go. <laughs> what, uh, what did you cop, Josh, oh, as I you mean, were I, going through schools? I can't even describe what I copped because it would just be expletive. So, Parked up um, cut again? Parked up uncut, late night with Grant. Um, oh, that'd be a rough movie. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it was year three. I remember the dude who did it, not going to throw him under the bus, but he's certainly not racing cars on TV now. Um, he, uh, yeah, he, he came up with, with a great version of my last name. Uh, I think I cried for two, three, four, maybe five hours after that. And that was at lunch. So that made for a tough day at school. Um, and ironically, all through school, I only got called by my last name. I never really heard my first name, whereas now it's kind of the opposite. Everyone's scared to say it in case they um, buck it up, if you know what I mean. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's, it's actually funny how that works. I remember, this is a good yarn. I remember we were playing soccer for school, PWSA, which is like some, uh, I think it was like the first tier, not as in good as in like you had school games and then you'd go and play other games it wasn't rep of any sorts yeah no you just um, played against other local schools i grew up in Sydney. is that what I, it, I did yeah. the pwsa stuff yeah oh okay all right cool so it was in pwsa and a mate of mine in the midfield because i was playing in the back mate of mine was yelling for the ball he's like bucking bucking send the ball send the ball anyway ref stopped the game there's a big kerfuffle he's like mate and we're in like we're like 10 years old so we're in year five or whatever it was Ref's gone up to him and go, buddy, you can't be using that language on the field, mate. You've been using it all game. Off you go. Card oh, the ball. Wow. Red card. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. That's 100% true. There's no mayo on that. He literally got sent for saying my last name. And we were trying to tell him, like, mate, that's just how it is. That's my last name. And he then all thought we were little smart asses. So, um, yeah, we didn't get another call the entire game. Oh, no. Okay, cool. Aaron, uh, you have two first names. So, yes. Um, what, what did this, <laughs> but the school kids, they can figure anything out. They're crafty little buggers. What did they come up with for, for Aaron Cameron? Um, no, no, nothing too eventful. I just get told all the time that I've got two first names and how weird that is and how weird my parents are. But, um, <laughs> no, nothing eventful. And, and my nickname in GRM is just Camo. So it's just, it's actually quite nice, isn't it? Nothing 15 plus rated or anything like that. It's all just oh, PG 13. It's good. Oh, yeah. right. What a life. No, so no, no yeah. teasing as a kid. God, imagine that. You've survived. Uh, Josh, Jordan, do you guys have a nickname that we could see if we could instill in the Australian public for Aaron? Well, I go with Camo. That's, that's my one. So, I'm not sure what else we can. No, you, yeah, I, I can't think of anything for him. I mean, usually blokes you like, you can think of something pretty degrading pretty quickly, but it doesn't really lend to anything. Oh, good. Actually, I got one after Bathurst. I got Punter. Why? Because he gets up on the Greyhounds. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I love the pun. <laughs> oh, I say it with love. Yeah. I love you too, Coxie. <laughs> Uh, very good. Okay, so uh, this weekend it all kicks off on Friday. We do have 
an all-in signing session on Thursday, on the day this pod actually lands, uh, out at uh, a super cheap auto store out in Penrith. Now, all TCR drivers are going to be there. Who's the driver for you blokes? Aaron, I'll let you go first. Mm. Who's the driver that you hope you sit next to? Who's the driver you hope you're not sitting next to? Oh, God. Uh, Oh, that's a tough one. I'm just trying to think who drives in TCR. Not that I forget you all, but like my two favorite guys are actually on this pod right now. Oh, so they're that's both nice. very high on my list. I need to catch up with Coxie after his ripping performance at the 12 hour in the combined super sedans. And someone I probably wouldn't want to sit next to. Uh, no, no one. I love everyone. I can't say. <laughs> wow. He's our next prime minister, potentially. Yeah, I could probably do a better job, I'll be honest. <laughs> All right, Josh. Josh, tell us where, where are you at? Uh again, look, there's no one really I wouldn't sit next to. I'll I'll uh even in the worst of circumstances, I'll crack a joke, inappropriate or not. Uh so I'll sit next to anyone. Probably least want to sit next to probably Bailey because he won a race at Bathurst and all I'll hear is, oh, you're the bloke here around third. Oh, good job. And then they'll move to Bailey and oh, nice job on the win, mate. And so I'll just have to hear someone praise someone in my own car. Uh, basically saying what a shit job I did. So probably Bailey, to be fair, for this one. Actually, that's interesting, Jordan. I'll ask you in a sec. But what was the vibe like? Uh, you know, this kid's he's young and clearly fast and got the most out of that car in those conditions at Mount Panorama. It was That was a good win for young Bailey Sweeney in, in the Hyundai at Bathurst. Yeah, I mean, look, it's the same story as race two for... Coxie really at Tassie that it was the reverse top 10 really helped us out and he took full advantage of it did a better job than me so yeah I'm not bitter at all I've always been of the mindset if you're in the same gear and you can do a better job then you can have it so yeah he he, he did well drove hard did the job I kind of looked at it from a little bit of a different point of view in my own performance I just looked at trying to bring the thing home and get the points in a position where I didn't think I'd be so <clears throat> Yeah, no, he, we, we knew he was fast when he drove the car first. So I don't know why everyone was surprised because we, we'd been seeing it all year. Cool. Okay, Jordan, you've had a little bit of time to think about this. Super cheap auto, all-in TCR driver signing at Penrith for what will be today at uh, ahead of the Sydney Motorsport Park round. Who do you want to sit next to and who do you hope you're not sitting next to? I know you're not a fence sitter. Let's go. Um. Probably don't want to sit next to Josh because I reckon he's just going to hang, trap me the whole time because <laughs> we're both into crypto and I haven't sold and he did. So I'm in, I'm in the red big time. So I reckon he's just going to absolutely rip into me for that and I don't really want to listen to it. So. I've held quite a bit. Maybe I could do like a bit of a breakdown of what you should and shouldn't do. Well, actually, or you could be a shoulder to lean on. It could go both, both ways. So. Hang on, who's well, the one sponsored by the, the crypto company? Well... Yeah. <laughs> yes. Shouldn't, shouldn't you get the inside trading? Uh, he gets enough cash out of him. What are you talking about? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I'm smart enough to um to have asked him that yet. I should, I should have actually. I always, I always like hit him up. Yeah, I watch the hot tip, and then they just tell me something by Bitcoin. You yeah. Know, <laughs> get the yeah, straight yeah. answer. So, um, Dollar cost average. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Try to get technical, you know. So, um. Yeah, who who would I who would I want to sit next to? You can pick anyone. Um, it's up to you. I don't know. We all get along in TCR, strangely enough. It's all one big happy family. So 
well, I think I think that sort of goes out the window when the helmet goes on. But um, That's all right. I was going to say, it is funny how that works, though, isn't it? Because, I mean, we're kind of, well, it's my second season, it's your boy's third season, effectively. It's funny how I really know many of you. I knew you, Coxie, but like Aaron, for example, you don't really know many people when you start in a category and then you kind of all like, oh, no, just go out and, you know, smash everyone. But then you start to get become friends with everyone and you you know you don't drive differently but you might give someone like a wheel more than you would someone else um unless your name's Moffat then you just don't give any room whatsoever (laughs) (laughs) although I did turn him around um but it's funny how that works you build a relationship off the track and then on the track you you know you're you're a bit more lenient to a few guys It's, it's weird I think the uh, the fans, they don't want to hear this. They want to hear that you guys are just going out there ready to tear each other up. The person who would like it the most is category manager, who then doesn't have to deal with all you guys sucking about various drivers being loose units. No, you'd have the cleanest race of the year and we'd still complain about something. <laughs> <laughs> ben, ben McMillan, I think, needs counselling after every round of all the all this stuff we ask him. <laughs> uh, cool. All right. Hey, uh, boys, it was uh, certainly Jordan and... And Aaron, uh, we thank you so much for joining us on the Parked Up podcast. Unique having uh, three TCR drivers uh, join us to preview this weekend's round at City Motorsport Park. Of course, it's part of the Speed Series. It's all on Stan Sport. And uh, we, or certainly I, am looking forward to seeing your faces in old Sydney town. All good. Thank you. See you, boys. And that was great to catch up with Jordan Cox and Aaron Cameron. I've still got Josh Bucken on the line. And now uh, we love our TCR and we love our Speed Series, but there was some other racing going on uh, just gone by, the Winton Super Sprint. We saw Cameron Waters and Shane Van Gisbergen take some wins. Josh, how much, like you, you're involved in a top-level national racing category. What does your a typical supercars race weekend look like for yourself? Honestly, I, I actually watch it pretty – if I'm watching, I watch it pretty closely because I want to see how they operate. So it was very interesting to see Waters in particular carry over some form from Perth, from Wanneroo, um, and, you know, put a temporary halt to the Van Gish show in some aspects. I mean, putting a halt to his show at the moment is him running second, which is just outrageous. Yeah. So it was good, you know, those, those two, whatever anyone says about – said oh van giz runs people into people and yeah he does and that's that's what it's all about so waters doesn't mind giving it back it was good to see those two go at it and you know the championship i wouldn't say is alive but i think a couple of race wins here and there from some different faces is a good thing yeah no it was uh it was good nice and and good competitive racing too uh you know shane almost running him off the road last corner of that saturday race uh, sticking it down the inside at the at, yeah. in, in the second race like that it wasn't a race to the first corner and the show was over there was actually some really good racing right at the point here no because they were on different strategies obviously just trying to see if they could get one over the other so obviously the race that I think it was race one where was it the first race on the Saturday when the last turn Waters sprayed it Van Giz went up the inside of him gave him a bit of a bit of a touch up and then it was a bit of a drag race to the finish, but uh, it was good. It was good gear. It was good to watch. And 
you know, you what you genuinely didn't know which one of them was going to come out. Even when Gizzy was chasing him down in that last race, it was like, oh, is he going to get there? Is he not? So it was good. I think the category needs it. Yeah, uh, heaps of other support category racing over the weekend. I'm sure the one class that you might have had an eye on, a class that you've done a bit of racing in, was Formula Ford, and that uh, that rookie Tim Blanchard uh, absolutely creamed them. Never heard of him. Really good job. First race back in the category. Um, <laughs> yeah, look, he he yeah he gave him a bath really, didn't he? It was mm. it was pretty crazy to see. I don't know how much work he does in the car, but. Formula Ford's one of those things. If you can go well in that, you can go well in anything and you can jump straight back into those cars and it all comes back pretty quickly. I know I've made a bit of a cameo back uh, in the Ford last year. I hadn't driven one for like 18 months and, you know, I, I was I was on the pace. So not as long a stint off the sideline as, you know, 15 years, but he did a great job. Courier Cup was great as well. It just seems like those boys are trying to empty out Porsche for the parts at the moment. Yeah. Um, it's pretty wild. It is but the, it's, it's not the track for them, though, really, is it? No, it was crazy watching them in quali, just struggling for tyre tent, like basically spending two-thirds of a quali session warming the tyres up <clears throat> and then punching out some numbers. So, yeah, that that was good. Combined sedans, or sports sedans, rather. Um, a car I do a bit of co-driving in, a little Integra that was battling around there. Amazing to see those effectively home-built cars at the front going very very quickly indeed which is which is always cool to see yeah um and, and then the super it's, it's funny with a uh an audi a4 racing against like the oldest falcon that you could possibly um picture uh it is a it's a wild class yeah it is it is and that's the whole thing if it really is you know those guys are pretty respectful they they put a lot of time and effort into their cars and they clearly do a very good job some of them, if you walk up close, you probably wouldn't want to sit in and drive as quickly as those guys either. So they're uh, they're very brave to to wheel those things those things around, particularly when you go to some of the higher speed tracks. It was near enough scary watching them at Phillip Island, but they did a great job too. Uh, okay, there was uh, there's been some other racing, like a little Formula One race that they held over at Barcelona. Max Verstappen mm-hmm. won. Uh, Sergio Perez, of course, finished second. Uh, all of that was covered in the Parked Up Plus. Of course, that's every Monday, 5 p.m. with the great man, Mark Fogarty. But we, um, what, what was your take out? I think Lewis coming back from absolutely nowhere to finish fourth was probably one of the, the more standout drives. And, and more so, Mercedes look like they've kind of narrowed the gap to the guys at the front. Yeah, it seems to have. I mean, I think Red Bull and Ferrari still clearly the car to be in, but there was a bit of an article working out that Lewis was actually the quickest guy in the race, which is interesting. And people love to jump on Lewis and say, oh, he's no good, it's just the car. But he is one of the great operators of all time in every category he's ever raced. So you can never count the dude out. He's absolutely unbelievable at what he does. In saying that, if he doesn't qualify sixth, two spots behind his teammate, then he doesn't have that tap off the start. His race looks a whole lot different. So there's still a bit of work for him to do. Carlos, it's hard watching him sometimes because he's so goddamn talented and he's so good, but he just manages to throw away races and throw away sessions so often. So he just needs to find a bit. It's tough watching Danny Rick, you know, hobble around and, and Lando basically, you know, competing at six tenths and still, 
still giving him a touch up. So there's a lot happening in F1 at the moment. It's 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 all all going down. That's for sure. It was a good race. It, it was it was actually a really good race to watch. Uh, so while it's all happening in Formula One, it's all there's also another big international open wheel race happening this weekend. It is the Indianapolis 500. It happens at a god awful time for Australians. <clears> I think <throat> the broadcast starts at one, or the race starts at one a.m. On Monday, how are you going to go after a full weekend of TCR racing at Sydney Motorsport Park? Uh, coming back, try, trying to sit up and watch that. Well, actually, now I think of it, IndyCar is on Stan Sport. That's right. Uh, it's not part of the Speed Series, obviously. They don't race with us, but it is on Stan Sport. So that being said, I'm going to support my great friends and TV rights partner, Stan Sport. I'm going to get up and I'm going to watch that thing <laughs> pounded into the earth from 1 a.m., Stay up all the way through. I got nothing on a Monday, so I'm yeah. going to go watch uh, go watch those boys battle it out, all four of those famous corners, and see who comes out on top. It's actually really interesting in the Indy 500 because, I mean, I don't really know where they're at at any one point with the 500. There seems to be like a month of running, three of those weeks is practice, there's a qualifying day, then they're racing. Yeah, it's crazy. They don't have more shunts. Yeah, it is. It is intense. They're going so damn fast. Around. Oh man! Yeah, now there has been some fatal accidents around there, and some absolutely huge ones. It's yeah. Testament though to the, how these modern cars are built that we don't see that. Uh, we don't see that as often, and of course, we never wish upon that. Of course, a few nice big shunts that you know makes it makes for uh, guaranteed news coverage at uh, at six pm, but. Um, yeah, they're just going at such a horrific speed. It's unbelievable. I caught up on some indie, some old indie stuff because I was wondering, shit, like those guys are so fast. When did the speed really come into it? And I looked back last night, and the quali lap in 1988 was like 212 mile an hour average speed lap. So that means you're pushing sort of probably 220, 225 um, down the straight mile an hour because the cars obviously weren't as aerodynamically sound as what they are now but mm. the, the lap speed record is actually from 1996 did you know this uh i did not but i can i think i can almost remember who won in 96 but it's escaped me i think it was tony stewart in 96 or he was anyway the, the pole sitter actually was speaking of crashes he was killed in um warm-up he qualified and pole and then was killed in the warm-up <clears throat> so I think Stuart took his position, but moral of the story is that the fastest ever lap around there was, I can't remember the guy's name. It was like some European name, but it was a 237.8 or nine mile an hour lap. Now to put that in perspective, Dixon's on pole with laps in the 234s. So, I mean, and that was fast. That's the second or third quickest time recorded around there. So for 25 years, those guys have just been doing absolute warp speed. And it is just unbelievable how fast they're going. It's just words. The, the track eats up the speed too, and you just don't get any visual perspective of it. But it's unbelievable what those guys are doing. Your poor little Hyundai can barely get over 230 kilometers an hour, let alone 230 miles an hour. Mate, I'm busting my chops for 200. Most days of the week, you know, I'm racing against guys in Alphas and Peugeots and Renaults with, you know, 350,000 horsepower. Poor Hundi's banging along with 20. So, mm -hmm. yeah, can't imagine what it would be like in one of those Indy cars. 
Well, we'll uh, we'll watch with interest in the uh, in the wee hours of Monday morning. Now to preview this, our uh, our main man Mark Fogarty from Parked Up Plus spoke to a great Australian, Lee Diffie. He's going to call the race for NBC and has given us a terrific preview to the Indy 500. Let's hear from Fogs and Diff. Lee Diffie, welcome to Parked Up. Well, looks like the scene is set for another classic Indy 500. Oh, Mark, we couldn't ask for it to be any better at the conclusion of qualifying with, with Scott Dixon in the dramatic way that he won his fifth uh, Indianapolis pole position and, and set the second fastest uh, qualifying speed of all time. Uh, really quite dramatic scenes and uh, the way that he had to uh, eclipse the mark set by his teammate and the current champion, Alex Pillow. So if, if qualifying is anything, uh, I think the 106th running of the Indy 500 is going to be epic. Well, it's certainly good news for fans down under. And of course, you know, further back down the grid, but Will Power, a former winner also, he's got to be in contention. And I don't know, what do you think about Scott McLaughlin? I mean, plenty of people have won the Indy 500 from far back. Look, I think Scott has had a, um, a terrific month of May. He was just in the wrong place at the wrong time uh, on Saturday, on the first day uh, of qualifying, where he, uh, he and his team chose to go out a second time to try and get themselves into the newly formatted qualifying procedure of going from, uh, you know, where the field is established from 13 to 33. They had the fast 12 and then the fast six. And Scott knew that he could have made it into the fast 12 and there was threatening weather. And the conditions had just changed so much when he went out. And I think maybe the team had put a little bit too much downforce on the car and the speed just wasn't there. And he plummeted from 15th to 26th. No reflection on uh, how good he is or how capable he is here. And I think it's going to make it tougher, clearly starting back in 26th position. But the way that he drove here last year and the way that he's been driving this year, uh, I don't think there's any reason why Scott can't be in the mix next Sunday. He's certainly making a big impression over there, isn't he? He is fantastic. And I think um, once he got over the hurdle last year, um, and certainly the off-season helped, of, of realising, you know, what he needed to do, where he needed to get his mind to. Um, and also there was a change in personnel on his team. He, was, he had a new engineer and there was a new group of guys around him. I think it just all clicked. And having a full IndyCar season under his belt made um, a world of difference. And he, um, in many ways, he's kind of a different driver this year. Um, there's no more black holes. He knows what to expect. And, um, you know, to get that first win. And he almost, you know, you remember Texas, he almost won the first two races of the year, uh, which was a phenomenal start. Um, got a little unlucky uh, in the Grand Prix of Indianapolis in the wet conditions. He very well uh, easily could have won that as well. Got caught out with a couple of other guys late in the race on slick tyres when the rain came down. So, yeah, Scott's having a remarkable year and he's made a very big impact very quickly. And what chance do you give Will Power? Yeah, Will, Will's going to be right in the mix. He's the championship leader at the moment. Um, didn't quite have the speed in qualifying, but that's not a reflection on what, the, what all three Team Penske uh, drivers have for their race cars. So um, Will, in many ways, you know, as we were just talking about Scott, uh, Will, in many ways, is a different driver this year as well. He's worked incredibly hard in the off-season about his, his mental approach and mental strength and, and um, kind of, you know, the old adage, 
Coppinger or the old saying that not sweating the small stuff, but he's not even, he's not over celebrating the good stuff either. He's being very measured um, both, you know, at the track and away from the track. And um, I was just talking to his wife, Liz, this morning about that. And, and Will has made a really concerted effort just not to, you know, go too high or go too low and, and just kind of be more measured and it's working for him. You know, he's the most consistent driver in the championship this year. Um, he loves this place. In addition to his win, he's had other very strong results here. So, yeah, I, I, I give Will some, some very strong. Okay, then. So what's your prediction? Who's the one to beat? Well, Mark, that is maybe the hardest question in motorsport because this, un unlike many other racing series, um, there's 30, as you know, there's 33 cars in the Indy 500. Um, I would say two thirds of the field have a chance of winning. <laughs> so that's my prediction. Um, you know, the, the Ganassi cars have been strong, but so too are others. And, you know, you can, you could sit down with the starting grid and, and, and make a, a legit case, honestly, for two thirds of the field. So um, for us as fans of the sport, um, it makes it, it makes it enjoyable because it leaves it wide open. Sensible call, mate, because it is almost impossible to pick going into that race. Anything can happen. And as they say, probably will. All right. Thank you, Lee Diffie. Great to talk to you. And we'll all be looking forward to hearing your call of the 106th Indy 500, which we'll see out here on Stan Sport. Great, Mark. Thank you. Great to chat. And we thank folks and Lee Diffie for that awesome preview. Looking forward to the race. One bloke who'll be in that race is our great mate, Kiwi Scott McLaughlin. Now he's starting from 26th and in a all-in media conference, Mark Fogarty, of course, was in there asking the big hard questions. And in this interview coming up here, uh, a couple of little snippets from some questions that Fogs asked about what he thinks about coming from 26th on the grid and why he isn't coming back to the, the Bathurst 1000 in the foreseeable future. Starting from that far back, I mean, it's often said that you can win or do well in that event from pretty much anywhere in the field. Just looking at this year's field, is, is that true? Can you get, get through yeah, from I, there? Yeah, I feel like we've, you know, we're in a really good spot in terms of my race car. I feel like, you know, We've had a really good run through the practices and I've been one of the few cars that can sort of move through the pack, you know, when we're deep in the pack. Um, so I feel pretty comfortable there. Um, it's, you know, it's going to take a lot of you know, smarts and just, you know, being smart with where you put the car and, you know, the risk you take and, you know, potentially the risk you take, you know, that, that moves you forward, you know, at the start, how aggressive you are. Um, but I definitely think we can, you know, win it. I mean, Simon... Pagano started 28th last year or whatever, and he um, he was you know, third, not two cars behind by the end, like real close, you know, a couple more laps, he could have won it. You know, he had a car fast enough to win, and, and I feel very com comfortable with how I'm feeling. I've got a very similar, you know, style to Simon, and, and I feel like that can certainly help me come through the field. And, um, you know, I'm, I, yeah, I have, I have full, full faith that we can do that. And it's going to take a fair bit of, you know, no mistakes, but, you know, I, I believe we can do it. We now know you can't, or you're not coming back for the Bathurst 1000. So can you just run us through, you know, what did that ambition in, in the end? And do you think we'll ever see you back at the Bathurst 1000 in the foreseeable future? Yeah, I, I think it was a 
decision that didn't come lightly. I think, you know, I had to be pretty, you know, think about it a bit, talk to Carly, talk to my mum and dad and other people close to my inner circle. But it was just something that, you know, I need to put my best foot forward here. You know, for me, I've done what I need to achieve in Australia. And it's not that, you know, I, I, I love that race. And I, you know, for sure, I'd love to be, the, be back there when the time's right. But what I've had to unlearn and, you know, really put in the, you know, the IndyCar basket, you know, I've had to drop some things from supercars just driving style-wise to help me in IndyCar. And it's taken so long to get rid of that, that, that you know, it's, I just don't, I guess I just want to make sure that I'm 100%, you know, head in the game for this car over here, you know. And, and for me, like, this is where I want to build my future and, and hopefully, you know, I'd love to retire here. And, you know, that's something that, you know, I feel like if I'm focusing on, you know, straight away after Laguna Seca, getting on a plane, going home and then spending sort of, you know, like test days and stuff, relearning how to drive a car that realistically isn't going to move me forward in, in the future because, you know, it's not my main job. That I had to sort of really think about, you know, what I was like, what I was doing there. Um, it was not nothing bad. Like Ryan was fantastic. He, you know, fully understandable about my decision and, you know, Dick and the whole team and, and, um, but it's just, it's, it's a lot, you know, and I need to make sure that I'm hundred percent here. And I've always been that way. You know, that, you know, from dealing with me, like it's, I'm all in when I, you know, put my best foot forward. So I just, it was, it was a tough decision, but a decision I, I made for my ultimately for my career. So in essence, we're unlikely to see you back at the Bathurst 1000 while you pursue your career in America. Yeah, it's yeah. I'm not going to say never. I, I just yeah. Right now, in in this part of my career in America, um, I'm still trying to get my feet on the ground and a few things. Uh, I think the best thing for me is to you know focus on what I'm doing here. And great to hear from Scotty Mack. Of course, we'll be cheering him on in this year's Indianapolis 500. Of course, Monday at uh, poo hour. No stress. We'll get up. We'll get into it. Uh, now, another very important chat that Mark Fogarty from Parked Up Plus had was with Chris Payne. Now, he's the head of General Motors Australia in New Zealand's motor racing program, Chevrolet Racing. It's all changed for 2023 and beyond with the new Gen 3 regulations. There's lots to ask. And of course, Mark Fogarty was the first man to get the first in-depth chat with the main man at Chevrolet Racing it's Fogues and it's Chris Payne and it's right here, the full interview on Parked Up. So Chris, Chevrolet Racing, what is it and how is it going to work? Well, Mark, Chevrolet Racing is a new brand for GM Australia New Zealand, uh, obviously replacing the 50 plus years of history that we have with Holden uh, in motorsport in Australia and New Zealand. So it adds to our portfolio of brands. It's an excitement brand. It adds to our existing Holden service, AC Delco, GM Trade, uh, and GMSV business. So it's a, it's an excitement brand that's going to uh, launch from the, the Gen 3 Camaro and uh, possibly extend into other categories of motorsport in the future. Um, and uh, we're excited for it to launch coincident with the Gen 3 Camaro uh, in 23. Is it just a brand or will it be an entity that will actually do something? Um, 
It's an entity and it will have over time uh, people, resources and so forth built into it. It'll include uh, experiences and merchandise and those kinds of things. Um, and we will build it over time um, uh, as, uh, as the opportunities arise. So will there be a factory team for Chevrolet Racing, like the Chevrolet Racing team, or are you going to be, like Ford has said, that they'll all, all the Mustang teams will be factory supported? There won't be a factory Chevrolet racing team in Australia, but we have uh, an incredible level of support to uh, the Chevrolet racing brand from all of the, the, the teams, the current teams that have chosen to come across to Gen 3 Camaro. Um, and uh, we are very optimistic about how we can bring their efforts together um, as a, um, a group of passionate and well-resourced people who can carry on from the Holden traditions. Will it be factory support at some level for all the Camaro teams? We, we support the teams in various ways um, and those details of course are commercial in confidence, we won't talk about those, but um, we support them and we have a very high level of um, support from each of those team owners. So no Chevrolet racing team as it were, but Triple Eight has been your homologation team. Does that mean they'll be your number one team or will that be earned by whomever? Well, we have a uh, sponsorship arrangement in place with Triple for our AC Delco brand uh, and that does sit alongside uh, the long-standing uh, ambassadorship, if you like, that we've had with Craig Lowndes as well and we use that extensively throughout our, our business. Um, but all of the teams are treated equally in respect to Chevrolet Racing, our support. GM performance, I guess you call it, or you know, the racing division in the United States. How involved have they been in this project? I mean, we keep hearing that Ford Performance has been involved on the engine side, and particularly with you know CFD work on the aero package for the Mustang. So, how much help from Detroit on the Camaro? Um, a significant amount. The, the, when the uh, Gen 3 rule set was announced, uh, uh, GM North America have been very involved in the development and the design of the, the, the bodywork for the vehicle, of course, uh, as well as the powertrain division working on the LTR V8 engine. So um, we continue to have that support from Jim Campbell and the team in North America. And uh, we are definitely now considered here with supercars going into Gen 3 as part of the global efforts by uh, GM in motorsport across uh, NASCAR, IndyCar and supercars is considered part of that GM global effort. The new engine, the LTR as you call it, my understanding is it's somewhat of a hybrid semi-race engine. How production based is it? Well there's a significant number of production-based components in it. Uh, the block, of course, is the centrepiece. It's a bespoke racing block, the LTR block. Um, and we would like to think of it as being a, um, a hero product almost in our lineup of our, our powertrain offering. So we have plans to um, uh, evolve the, the offering of our, our crate engine business here in Australia, uh, which has been a very substantial uh, part of our business based around the LS platform for many years. Um, and now we pivot that to the LT platform, LT1 and LT4 supercharged. Uh, and the LTR supercar engine is effectively the, the hero of that range going forward. So longer term, there's obviously some sort of plan to get 
some benefit back from the investment in this. Well, it's, it's a unique engine, isn't it? It is a unique engine, and, and Chevrolet Performance Parts will sit alongside Chevrolet Racing uh, as a future growth brand for GM Australia New Zealand. Okay. Now, before COVID interrupted things, there was a big plan to farewell Holden in racing. Um, I seem to recall that was going to be at the Bathurst 1000. That all got put off. What's happening is, is there going to be a big official farewell for Holden by the end of this season? Absolutely, and it's a significant moment for us to recognise that for the fans and for the many teams and drivers and sponsors that have been involved in that success. Uh, we're very proud of being uh, custodians of that history and uh, you'll see we have some uh, uh, marketing initiatives, activations and support, particularly around Bathurst this year, uh, as well as the uh, Adelaide 500 uh, to, to send off Holden in an appropriate way. What's been the feedback so far? Do you expect, do you have indications that the Holden fans are going to follow and embrace Chevrolet Racing? I would certainly like to think so. Um, the train spotters will have noticed that we are already using the Chevrolet Racing mark uh, across some of the teams on their, their merchandise and driver suits, that kind of thing, really telegraphing the future. Uh, we think it's a logical step to uh, celebrate the history of Holden um, and move that to the new era so that we go from a, a, uh, the traditional red versus blue battle that we're all so familiar with uh, to a, a gold Chevrolet racing versus blue Ford performance battle in the future. A little earlier you alluded to maybe doing some things outside of supercars here in Australian racing. I would have thought a logical one would be a GT, the GT3 Corvette <laughs> at Bathurst in the 12 hour. Yeah, that's an enticing opportunity. Uh, something we'll have to look at very closely. Early days on that idea right now. Uh, I can tell you though, we are definitely moving into uh, drag racing. Uh, we, we have in, uh, in uh, production now a uh, GM designed uh, Camaro body going onto our Pro Slam drag car, which is uh, part of our AC Delco sponsorship with Fabietti Racing. Uh, and that, that race car will debut later this year and compete in the 23 season and logically sit alongside our efforts with the Camaro uh, silhouette in Gen, in Gen 3 supercars. A C8 Corvette GT3 in the Bathurst 12 hour run by AAA. I can't believe that, I can't believe that that hasn't been seriously discussed. Uh, not as yet, uh, but uh, something that will definitely be on the radar in the future. Yeah. I mean, it'd be a logical thing to do, wouldn't it? Uh, there's, there's a lot of, uh, lot of time to go by before we could uh, uh, get our hands on the, on, on the GT3 Corvette. Um, and uh, there's a lot of global interest in the car. Uh, from many, many customers in other countries. So we'll have to look at that closely and, and make a decision um, uh, at some time in the future. Yeah. I mean, at the moment, the GM specialty vehicle range is small. It's essentially two models, isn't it? Silverado and, and the Corvette. Presumably, having Chevrolet racing assumes that there are plans to expand the range over a period of time the GMSV range? Well, uh, 
the, the role of Chevrolet Racing is to bring excitement to all of our brands, not just GMSV, but also to AC Delco and Holden and, and GM Trade. So um, the, the relationship between the Chevy Racing brand and GMSV is to bring excitement to and add to the portfolio in that way. So currently that is Silverado and Corvette. Uh, what the future holds, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. Just changing gear, wearing your um, trade division, let's say, um, parts division hat. There was some discussion and some planning to switch Holden Certified Service across to AC Delco. Um, I gather enthusiasm for that plan has waned a bit. So, can you just update on, you know, the Holden brand? Is it going to survive long term in the in the service sense? Absolutely. We, we have well over 1.5 million Holdens still on the road that need to be serviced. And we have in Australia uh, 200 certified service outlets to look after those customers. So the, the work that we're doing around the AC Delco brand, uh, AC Delco is, is very well known in the trade. Uh, particularly for batteries and oil and other service components and it's an all makes brand um, but it's a trade initiative uh, at this point in time. We are looking closely at a all makes servicing opportunity for AC Delco but not to replace Holden. Holden is definitely uh, here to stay from a service and parts perspective uh, through the Holden certified service uh, out, uh, network. And we thank folks for that. And Josh Bucken, I thank you a lot for coming on as my special guest host. For, on my noble steed. For Parked Up. <clears throat> um, it was a, a spot held so gloriously by Tony D, the man at the top of the TCR Australia ladder. So uh, what is your what, what is the plan this weekend? Sydney Motorsport Park, TCR, how are you hunting down? He's got lots more Parked Up co-hosting caps. Mm. But um, mm. I'm <clears> sure does. the one cap that he wants is uh, that TCR Australia title. How are you going to go and try and take that off? Well, I find it only fair that he takes my place as series leader in TCR Australia. I take his place, place as co-host on the Parked Up podcast. That's all I see as what's happened. But one thing I do have that he doesn't is a couple of big old race wins in TCR Australia. So he can have his caps on parked up, but uh, but I've got them. I'll tell you what, it's going to be close. He's as good a chance as anyone to pick up a couple of Ws and, you know, I, I, me personally being good friends with him, all jokes aside, I'd love to see him get him. I'd love to see him get one, maybe two DNFs after that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, it's going to be close, man. There's so many killers in the field and, you know, the tire deg is going to be a real thing around there more so than what it was last year. So reverse top 10 in race two. I mean, if it wasn't stressful enough, wondering how you're going to go, you, you cannot plan your, your weekend in TCR. It's going to be good. I, I, I'm, I'm pumped. I can't wait. Cool. Awesome. Well, it's not too far away. Josh Bucken, thank you so much for joining us as a co-host on parked up. You'll be able to see Josh and all the TCR Australia drivers in Sydney this weekend. If you can't be there, you can watch it on Stan Sport. If you can be there, uh, maybe bring an umbrella, but we'll, uh, yeah. we'll, we'll wait and see. Of course, you can listen to uh, all the coverage on Parked Up Plus Monday, 5 p.m. with Mark Fogarty. And if you need any more podcasting after that, 
you can listen to our sister program, Girls on the Grid, with Priya Richards and Tanea McLeod. That comes out every Monday. It's more podcasting than you'll ever, ever need in your whole life. And uh, until next time, we'll see you all in Sydney. Thank you, everyone. You've just listened to another Network R production. 